tell y'all what we're doing? Those of y'all that are guests that didn't expect this, surprise, but you should be excited because this is the, we, we really did save the best for last because it's you. Hey. So this is, I, if y'all want, have never been to something like this, I'm just going to let you know what you're about to experience. We're just real, all right? So we're letting you in our living room, in our dining room, and whatever, and we're having real talk. See, real talk. And we're going to let y'all know what it's like to be us a little bit and then answer some questions that people texted in. We had several. I doubt we'll get to them all, but we're going to try, so we're going to move at a rapid rate of speed. So good looking. You got the first question. So here we go. All right. Can you help your significant other find their way through Jesus Christ? I didn't finish the last question. Jesus Christ. Yes. Absolutely, they can. Um, so we went through all the questions and really just kind of prayed about what should we share. Um, we wanted to really get all of your questions. They're all important. We didn't want to leave anything out. Um, but I felt like this one was like, number one, let's, let's start here. Let's start with this because this is really all what it's about. It's about Jesus. It's about making sure that we have a union together. Yeah. And if we don't, if one does and the other one doesn't, um, or lost their way, um, there can be um, redemption, there can be reconciliation, there can be new life. It all can happen. And so I just wanted to share this verse. This is a life verse of mine. Really, when I was a teenager, someone shared this verse, and I just loved it and clung to it and have ever since. And it's 1 Timothy 4.12, and it says, I'm going to read actually 7 through 12, but end with my favorite. And it says, but have nothing to do with worldly fables, fit, for only, uh, fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement um, deserving full acceptance. For it is for this we labor and strife because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on you because of your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those who believe. And um, that verse just really has stuck with me of, I don't feel adequate enough, I'm too young, nobody listened to me, or let's say related in a marriage, um, I'm not even seen, I'm not heard, I don't matter, um, whatever, whatever the situation may be. And I just think there's no way, and we all know this, there's no way that we can change the other person. Let's just lay down the table. This is what we know. We just can't do it. We want to. We think we can, right? We have this great aspiration to change that person, but it just will not happen on our own accord. It just can't work. So I think to myself, and that verse is actually talking to Timothy, who was basically training to be a pastor. Yep. Um, you all are all pastors of your children, of your home in your workplace, all of you shepherd someone. Yep. You all lead somebody. And so you can be the example, as it says here in 
life, speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. You can submit yourself to Christ and look at all those things. And I kind of look at it as a checklist. Not in legalism, okay, making sure I'm doing all the right things, but I'm submitting myself to him in all those things. I'm putting aside all the things that I thought I was supposed to do, and I'm putting, the, I'm putting toward the things that I know that he wants me to do. Um, and the only way that that comes is being fully submitted to him, reading his word, praying, um, having that discipline, the godly discipline that brings a lot of profit. Yeah. Bodily discipline is a lot of profit too. But maybe, maybe not so much as the spiritual discipline. Bodily discipline has results, and you can see the results. Maybe not day one, and that's why we lose our New Year's resolutions. We say, yep, I'm done. I haven't lost 50 pounds in one day. I'm done. But godly discipline, you will see the fruit. You will see it, this side of heaven or not. You will see it. It will come because it's his promise. And so I just want to challenge you that if you have or you're in a relationship and marriage or whatever it may be, and you want the other person to find their way, it will happen if you're fervently praying for them, you're seeking his word, and you're being in the example without shoving it down their throat. They can talk and listen to you all they want to. It takes your leading and guiding them to show them the life that you want them so desperately to have. Are you perfect? Well, of course not. Nobody's going to be. But they're going to notice that something's different. They're going to notice, you don't normally act that way. Are you okay? (laughs) Like, yes, I am. Um, And let me tell you who it's it's by, who it's from. Um, So I just challenge you, it takes time. We'll be married 20 years this year. Yeah, we're celebrating well, year one, we didn't know, <laughs> right? We didn't know. We knew. We, though we, don't, we, made a, we made a vow that we were going to stay. That wasn't an option. We were going to stay and we were going to stick to it. But um, no matter what season we, I was going through or he was going through, um, I really think that that's the most important thing, submitting yourself to Christ, keeping that checklist. Am I being an example in this, 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 and this? Because I can't change them. I can only change me. And through my changing there will come fruit. You will see the change um, no matter what it, what it may be. So just wanted to open up with that. Yes, you can help your significant other, but it has to be you showing by example. Sometimes they don't want to hear all of the words that you have to say, but they can see your life that you're living. That's good. Next question. It's a very difficult time right now in trying to be the spiritual leader in my house. My husband will not attend church with me. And our daughter, he believes, but feels he doesn't need to attend church. How can I be the spiritual leader knowing that I know God called him to be the spiritual leader? It's a great question. It's difficult, isn't it, because you feel the burden. Then this is specifically from a wife about a husband um, it's, it's challenging because you want him in this case to do what he's called to do and yet you find him passive mundane not wanting it and the good thing is this says he's a believer but the bad thing is he's, he's at least not wanting to attend whatsoever and take his responsibility so what do you do what do you do I think it's really a very similar answer to what Leah just said. 
that you have to set the example for all believers, which is which is to model it. But it, I'm just telling you from personal experience, and I'll probably repeat this at least once again during our little time together today. I think the worst thing you can do is talk them to death, which means keep telling them what they're doing wrong. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I, Here's the truth about me. I don't know about this person. I don't know about this situation. So I can't speak for anybody but me. But I can tell you in my life, in my particular case, I know when I'm wrong. Right? So if you continue to tell me that I'm wrong, all I do is put up a wall. You got to give the Holy Spirit a chance to work. If he's really a believer, now I want to say this as a, a, an outlier. If he's not a believer, then we have a whole different conversation. But if he's a follower of Jesus, it will not be long till he's going to love church again. Why? Because it's impossible for a person, in my opinion, that person probably had a bad church experience, which then causes them to project it on every church. But every church is not a bad church. And so if you talk good about your church, I, I don't know why I'm getting off on this rabbit trail, but I'm fixing to. Okay. You know what we try to model is think about the situation and the problem and then don't add to it. In other words, if you're struggling with your in-laws, but you go to your parents, listen to me carefully, and complain about your spouse, and you can't understand why your parents don't like your spouse. Hello? <laughs> is anybody listening to what I'm saying? I'm preaching. Y'all just ain't talking. I, I still love y'all. but So if you complain about church, can you hear my face right now talking? If you complain about church, I just don't know why they won't let me serve in the area that I want to serve. I don't know what's going on. They just mean. They just hateful. Hey, why don't you come to church? Well, it seems miserable. I don't want to come. Are y'all with me? Because I'm telling you, a lot of the times the answer to my problems is my mouth that I need to do this too <laughs> and close it. Are y'all with me? Those of you that aren't, I'm probably talking to you, so it's okay. I, I love you, but this probably can help you. But most of the time, that's the issue is I either talk them to death because I'm like, Leah, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. And if I would just take an inventory over 20 years of our marriage, I would realize that almost never has she changed in the area that I talk her to death. Are y'all awake? Young people, I'm telling you, this will help you. Don't try it. It don't work. <laughs> or I've probably laid seed through my mouth of the frustrations that I'm dealing with. So if I would just look back, I could see that the reason he doesn't like church is because I've complained about church. And it may not be the one that I'm in, but I got to change that around so I can at least be grateful. And by the way, that's not to say that I believe any of y'all in here. I don't know of anything. I swear. I know of nothing. But I'm just telling you from experience, that tends to be what the problem is. Is we get frustrated that something has happened and then we project it on people and don't understand why they don't like it. We got to stop that. It doesn't work. Someone say it don't work. It don't work. It don't work. Next. How does one handle the one who never helps, submits in marriage, so the one who doesn't ever submit, thereby burdening the other? Is divorce an option? You want me? Or do you want to? You want? I'm submitting. Ha ha ha. Did you see what I did? All right, so we'll start in reverse order, actually. Divorce, according to the Bible, specifically, Jesus answered this in Matthew 19, where he said, 
um, he was answering religious leaders asking about divorce and he gave his answer that even though it may be lawful in adultery and abandonment um, according to the Bible, it's still not beneficial. And so if you can work it out, God hates divorce. Now listen, God doesn't hate the divorcee. Did you hear what I said? So if you're divorced in here, there's no shame on you because God, we serve a God of grace. We serve a God of second chances and third chances and thank God for that. Come on somebody that, that he gives us more than one chance because otherwise I'd be doomed because I make mistakes all the time. Having said that, God's plan for your life is not divorce. Some of y'all, God's plan for your life was not to marry in the first place, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm talking to somebody in here. Y'all better say amen. (laughs) But divorce is not an option in this case because it's not a biblical reason for divorce. It's a biblical reason for frustration. You know what I mean? So the only thing that you can do, and y'all just hear this because this is going to be repetitive, is you can handle you. What does that mean, Mark? It means that Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting yourselves to one another in reverence for Christ. I can't look at her and say, I've submitted to you. What you doing? I can. Now, don't, don't misunderstand. That doesn't mean that my mouth is not capable of saying those words. It just means that ain't going to change anything. So I have to look at me and say, am I doing my part or am I just focused on what she's not doing and getting frustrated with her? Most of the time, what I found in my life is it's the latter, that I'm getting frustrated because I wish she'd do what I wish she'd do. And then I'll figure me out later, right? And I can't focus on that. I can't worry about that. I can control what I can control, which is have I submitted my heart and life to Jesus? Now, I want to say this little part, and we're going to keep moving. The reason that people don't want to submit in their lives, the reason that people don't want to help, almost always, and I do not care that the man is the head of the household according to the Bible, there's mutual submission according to the Bible. So when I choose to not When I choose to say, that's a woman's job, figure it out. It's probably almost every time, I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule, and I'm sure you think you're the exception. I love you, you're probably not. But almost every time, the reason is because of an authority problem, which ultimately the authority problem is the Lord. And you would argue in your own mind, I don't have an authority problem with the Lord, but the the, the second that my life begins to show a lack of humility... As a result of whatever level I'm supposed to be humbling myself in, including submission with my spouse, it's ultimately because I think God's wronged me. I think God owes me. I think God should have. I think he made a mistake. And so it, and it, and it manifests or shows itself through all different means. In this case, the way that it shows itself is I'm not willing to submit myself to her because I think she should be the one that submits herself to me. And there's something deep down in our hearts that's a problem because it's an authority issue with the Lord. I don't want to humble myself before God. So that's my answer. Anything? Well, I just think about the story um, that I heard from someone. (laughs) It was just as a husband and wife. Kids were grown, and they they were out of the house. And she was doing dishes. They had finished supper. She was doing dishes. And she was grumbling, complaining because she had to do dishes. And while her husband went and sat in the recliner, and so she is this was you? just grumbling. No. Is this story you? Okay. No, no, not at all. Just making sure. Um, I promise it's really not. I know. Um, so she's grumbling, complaining, and and it kills her spirit. You know, the great supper that they had, and then now she's all upset because the husband won't won't clean up the kitchen with her. And um, so finally, one day she she goes over to him and says, "Okay, 
Now, I just need to talk to you about something. I work all day, and we're having supper, and I have to do the dishes while you get to go and sit in the recliner, and it really bothers me because I just want to be able to go and sit with you. I, I, I just don't understand why I'm the one that has to do it. Would you help me? And he said, of course I will. I never knew that you wanted me to help. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, and my mind goes, what have you been doing? Have you not been here in this house? Because of, yes, of course. I do not want to do the dishes. I want you to help me. Why can't you not figure it out? You know, like, hello, I do not want to do dishes. Can you just not figure it out with you having, me having to tell you this? No. He said, literally, I, I didn't know that you wanted help. I'll be glad to help you. I'm not saying every situation will happen that way. I am saying, do they know Does your significant other know that you need help? Or do you just sit there and grumble and complain about it because you just don't want to put the burden on them or do you not want to say anything or you just don't want to ruffle feathers? (laughs) Do they really know that you need help? A lot of times I'll tell Mark because I'm a peacemaker so I don't love to ruffle feathers. I don't love to, you know, do I would just rather do it myself and try to put the burden on somebody else to do it. But then I carry it all and then I grumble and complain about it carrying it. So, you know. It's just not good. It's just a never-ending cycle. You need to be quiet over there. I haven't said nothing. I mean, you you smiling, so I can't see you in the corner of my eye. (laughs) You're not being a peacemaker. You just told me what to do. That hurt my feelings. But anyway, when when I do get into the point that I'm frustrated, I find the right time. Yeah. Let me say that again. The right time. Preaching. Not when we're hungry, mm-hmm. not when we've had a long day, mm-hmm. when we're both in great moods and Jordan. we're great and we're talking and we're having a conversation. Oregon. Yes. I would say, hey, I'm really struggling. Yeah. I'm tired. Can you Could help you just me? help me in some of these areas? I'm telling you, it was sure. so well received. I'm like, why, why did I not do this all along? Mm-hmm. I've spent years worrying about all this stuff when I could have just had a I'll really great you. conversation in the right timing. And it would just have brought so much life to my home. Anyway, that's mm. just two cents. Well, that's going to help somebody. I'm just telling <laughs> you. For real. Yeah. If it would be a question and not an accusation, that could change the game for you. And if that's all you get today, that would really help you. So let's keep going. How do you handle being friends with a man who's married? This is from a woman, right? Okay. We'll keep going before I answer this. But talks to you about everything. I feel he is emotionally cheating. Yeah. I don't think it's my place to say anything. Nope, you're wrong. But I am used to listening to people, their problems. I cut. Do I cut all contact? Uh, probably. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to answer this question as if this is Mark talking about Leah. <laughs> yes. And not only do you cut all contact, but I cut him. <laughs> Come on, somebody, just play it on the cut in part. I had this, ex- we were in college, and we were dating, and I had a guy who was my best friend growing up, and we talk about everything. But when we got in relationships where it was serious, we had to have a serious conversation to say, hey, we love each other, let's get a fist bump. But we can't be like this anymore. And that was tough. That was hard because we'd grown up together. But it was a situation where if something was happening in this relationship, I would immediately go 
to the other, and that's not right, and that's emotionally vulnerable. Um, so yeah. that was early on. And this, we had just well, we had just started dating. We had been dating for a long time, but it was serious. I'm just gonna answer this last part. Okay. What is it? I don't think it's my place. You're wrong. It is your place. Absolutely. Who are you talking to? Because I don't know who sent this in, but wasn't this sent during the first service? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It is your place, whoever you are, first service. Let me explain something. I got my phone out on purpose. <laughs> this is my contacts. <laughs> this is my text messages. <laughs> this is my social. Nope, that's ESPN, but I still love it. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Y'all can tell how big of a priority social media has on my third page. This is my socials. Leah's allowed to see it all. Why? Because we won. So that means if you're hiding, you're wrong already. Um, and I'm going to tell you something. We, Leah and I fuss is what I would say. We, we, we jab at each other. We don't have many big fights. When it, if she wants to start a war, she could say to me, she could say to me, that's none of your business. Because I would say back, you sure? And then it would become my business. Why? Because I'm just telling you I'm not comfortable with a certain level. Now, you got coworkers. Like Leah's a teacher. She works with dudes. Is that, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but there needs to be a limit on how much we talk about. Because I don't believe most affairs start. Can y'all just listen to me for a second be honest with y'all? I don't think most affairs start with the idea of, dang, I'm going to have sex with her. Dang, I'm going to have sex with him. I do not believe that's how they start. I believe they start like this most of the time. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, ladies, don't hear what I'm saying from a science perspective and you start thinking that I don't think that you think men are attractive or not attractive, okay? It's not what I'm about to say. But science shows that ladies are attracted by emotion over eyeballs. So the reason this is vulnerable is because if I know that and I want to draw you in, if I let you have a safe place and I'm not your spouse with someone you can talk about your spouse to, all of a sudden you start looking going, well, he'll listen to my emotions and and my husband won't. Mm. And you'll find yourself drawn, listen to me, you'll find yourself drawn to the one that if you could just be honest with yourself, he's jacked up. Like I'm, I'm just telling you. We always say the grass is greener on the other side, but it doesn't even greener. He just will listen, and I want him to listen. But if I was to, to build a life with this cat, it'd be psycho. It'd be awful. Mm. But I, I don't take time to think about that. I just take time to think about the fact that he'll listen to my emotions. Mm. Don't do it. Right. Listen to me. Don't do it. Someone say, don't do it. Don't do it. Does that mean I cannot talk to women? It does not mean that. It means that I need to be very wise in who and how much. There are probably five ladies that don't have my last name or because she does and she does have my last name. That's my daughter if y'all don't know when I, where I pointed. My mama, my sisters, I don't have many women in my cell phone, in my contacts. There's people that serve almost at a staff level at our church that don't have my cell phone. Why? Guard your heart above all because out of it is where life flows. And, and the ones that I do, she's allowed to check text messages, phone calls, conversations, all those other things y'all use. I don't, whatever, Marco Polo, Snapchats, 
splickety splaps, all that stuff. <laughs> so, can I add yes. to that as also with women being so careful about who you're talking to? Oh, yes, you're more than welcome to have some water. Um, who you're talking to. <laughs> what's mine is yours. That's right, that's right. And in this case, what's yours is mine. Just in the circle that you talk with, say ladies, who you're talking with, men, who you're talking with, who's, who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, and I know that there is a space where you get frustrated and you might talk about your spouse. Um, just I would just be so careful because mm. when you do, you spread mm -hmm. negativity and a seed that is really hard to dig out. Come on. Because you can then feed into yeah. the negativity to, toward the, your spouse because you know, all the women might go, oh, my gosh, he is such a dog. I cannot believe that he did that to you. <laughs> when you don't need that, you need somebody to uplift you, to help you out of it, to give you encouragement, to give you wisdom. You don't need anybody feeding into that. And, so you need to be careful. And you got to have someone around you that even if they've done something stupid, meaning your spouse, they won't dog them. Exactly. All needs to be done in love and in wisdom. Yeah. We might not agree with what they've done, but we don't need to feed into the things that they've done because we know at any moment we're all 30 seconds from messing up. <laughs> all of us. And so I just would challenge you, and I'm just saying this out of learning the lesson of really be careful who you surround yourself with, who you're talking to, who you're gaining wisdom from. Um, you know, have the discernment of the people that are around you and know, well, I love that person, but I'm not sharing that. Um, and, and vice versa, because you can be friends with them, of course, but you don't need to lay your life out there for them. If they're not going to be giving life back to you, and, and not feeding into the things that you already know are true. Yep. Frustration comes out. You don't need frustration to come back. Come on. This the next one already. Leah. Yes. What are some examples of how you meet my love language? For example, how do you show him respect in a way he receives it? How do you show companionship in a way he receives it? How do you show... Him support. So how do you show me love, support, respect, love languages? This is a good one. It took us, <laughs> I kind of laugh at this because it took us a long time to figure this out. You would think that would be one of the very first things that we would figure out about each other, but it was not. So my love language um, is how I receive love, but I don't necessarily need to give that back to my spouse. For years, I thought, well, if I just do these things, if I just clean the house, if I just acts of service, acts of service, acts of service, that's how I receive love. And he wasn't even caring. Sure, I don't even notice the vacuum that's, that's you vacuum before. <laughs> that sounds great. Good job in doing the dishes, but he will he won't Appreciate notice those you. things. That's not bad. So um, I don't remember when it was, but there was a time in our lives where. He would say certain things like, how do you think I did with that? How, give me some feedback. And it was consistent. And I began to wonder, I've been doing this thing wrong. I have not been showing. His, his love language is words of affirmation. He needs words from me to lift him up, to tell him he's doing a good job, to, to say I love you. Oh, look at, look at them arms. Yeah. Mm. That ain't it. Mm. Yeah, it is. Nope. 
It's those grocery bags, I'm telling you that. That might be it. Yeah. I realized that, and our lives changed drastically. And I looked at him and go, come on, you really think about it. You care what other people think. He was like, "Uh uh-uh, I care about what you think. And it, y'all, it changed, it changed everything in our marriage, realizing that, yes, uh, physical touch is there um, the in Lord. a certain way. Now, Praise I can't get a ball on his face, and that's, that's another issue. That's close talking, though. That ain't the no. same. But the words of affirmation um, mm-hmm. is really up there for him. That's how he receives it. That's how he gets respect. How I show him respect is that I tell him I love him. I'm telling him his, he's awesome. Wow, that was a great thought. You really took time to do that. I appreciate that. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to, to forget. I forget about it, to be honest with you. And I, I got really nervous have for a second. I thought it. you were saying there was nothing to say. No, no, got a little no. nervous. I just forget about it. In I'm my way of acts of service, do, 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 do. Let's just do everything I can. It's really hard for me to stop and, and praise him. And because um, he does deserve it. He does so much for our family. He leads our family so well. And I need to tell him that. Even if he is not, <laughs> I do need to tell What's him. That mean? In your down times, in the times that you don't feel like you're adequate, mm-hmm. I think you are always. He always says, How was Missy? Oh, it was amazing. Well, you always think it's amazing. Well, I do. That's why I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but he always needs that in whatever season. If you think that they're not doing it, they still need that affirmation from you. Um, so that is definitely something that's really changed our lives. Really dig in and find how they receive love. It will change the way your marriage operates. That's a great answer. And it, that certainly works both ways because I have to do the same thing for her. And I love to buy gifts, but that's not um, the way Leah receives. So acts of kindness. So, you know, I'm sorry to the young people in the room, but I'm going to be super honest with you all right now. But when I... Uh, am home and she's not I really try to do the dishes or do things that she hates and I call it chore play nobody nobody thought that was good because my second love language is physical touch as long as you don't get in my face and try to talk to me up close because that's weird I mean we got ears and mouths you ain't got to talk to me like this I don't understand it but other than that, I do like to cuddle. And that leads to cuddling. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Next question. As a married man with children, how do I lead my home and wife without being a tyrant? It's a great question. Um, especially to those of us men's that have big personalities. We're natural born leaders. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't mean you're bad. If you're passive, God gave you your personality and doesn't want to change that. He wants to change your heart, but his goal is not to change your personality. He likes your personality. He made you, okay? So if the woman is the natural strong person, that's not a bad thing. You just have to learn how to manage that. And if the man is this, it is easy for me. Everybody look at my face. It's easy for me to be a tyrant. So I have to lead me. The hardest person in my life to lead is Mark Pangle. Not even close. It, I can't. I don't know who's second, but I'm definitely one A through one Z, yeah. right? 
So if I lead me well, which means submit myself to God, which means I humble myself before God, which means I battle selfishness, because we have a selfishness question in there. I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. How do I deal with not being selfish? I, I deal with being selfish every day. Why? Because I'm Mark, and I'm a very selfish person. And so the, the only way this works, especially if you're a natural-born leader, is to humble yourself before God and realize that if you've got a problem in your house, y'all better listen to me, strong dudes. It's probably you. Did you hear what I said? It's probably me. Why? Because I'm a jerk. Because I can, uh, for everything that I need for Leah to build me up, I can mow the whole house down. I'm not, I don't just mow her down. I mow Laney and Haston down. And thank you. I appreciate the applause. I can, I can mow. That's a squirrel moment. That's rain if y'all don't, ooh, that was almost, that was almost good. Jordan, I see you back there. Go ahead and get some keys going. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I can, I can, my, my words matter to build Leah up, but just like that, I can, I can absolutely cut everybody down. So I got to guard my mouth. I got to guard my heart. I got to constantly be in submission to the Lord first and foremost. And when I think things aren't going well, I have to do this. I literally do this, everybody. I'm answering the question. Hey, I need a minute. I want to talk about this. Hey, listen, you know I don't mind talking about stuff, right? Do I do something like this? I don't mind confrontation, everybody. If y'all don't know this about me, if you ever come to confront me with something, just be ready, okay? Because if you catch me and, I'm, and I have to get defensive, I come with it. I'd, I'd rather not. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord's help in Jesus' name. But I'm just telling you, I'm not afraid of it. I like, but here's why I like it. It helps. Conversation helps. It does not help to sit quietly. However, sometimes I have to go, hey, listen, I want to talk about this. But if you would like for this to be a good conversation, you're going to need to give me five minutes. Because otherwise, I'm coming with haymakers. <laughs> not waymaker, miracle worker. I said haymakers. <laughs> right? That's not the Holy Ghost. That's a ghost. I just don't know which one it is. So I just have to always guard me. I have to make sure that I'm not being a jerk. I can see all the problems, y'all. I have zero problem seeing the problems. Matter of fact, I don't have a problem telling about the problems, do I? It's a gift. So I just pick and choose what to say because everything doesn't need to be said. Paul said it like this. Everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. So if I'm telling the truth and I'm calling something out or calling something up, that might be permissible, but it might not be beneficial. It might not be necessary is what that means. So I pick what's necessary and what's not. And I don't, I try not to talk her to death and wear it out. I try not to talk Haston and Laney to death. There are times, there are things, Leah said this in the first one, there are things that Leah talks more to Laney about than I do, and that is very much on purpose. Why? Because I can tear her apart. I talk to Haston more probably than you do. And I take her to school take Hayson to school she takes Laney to school so that is a little bit different but but at the same time I know what weight my words have so I try to guard that and I try to get it out when I need to get it out and at the timing but I'm <laughs> half of y'all might not come back after I say what I'm about to say but I don't care I'm telling y'all the truth so I hope y'all do I care if y'all don't but I don't care enough to not tell you the truth I, our house is not void of a tyrant He's just put in the cage. But we live with a tyrant and his name's Mark. I'm just telling you. And by the grace of God, normally that guy doesn't come out. But it's an everyday battle for me. 
because I'm very strong. I am very strong personality-wise, and I'm very opinionated, and I'm very much quick to say, we're doing it, bam, and, and so it's an everyday issue. But by the grace of God, it's an everyday issue that we're winning, right? Through submission of the Holy Spirit. It's a, I, this is not, I don't want y'all to think that our house is so scary. I don't believe that it is, but it's always there. And if I ever get comfortable, y'all just need to listen. I got a day off today. I'm not going to get with the Lord. Tyrant. I'm cool. I've been, I, I fasted and prayed for 40 days. I did this, I did this, I did this. I'm cool, tyrant. That's how quick it can happen. It's just me getting comfortable because I'm Mark. And so I don't believe that that's something you should be afraid of. Just be aware of, right? Because it's there. I, I want to answer one more question, Katie. I want to answer the um, handle your kids. I want to answer this question. There's a lot more that we could say. I love the dreamer one, by the way. I'm going to say this real quick. I'm a dreamer by nature. And so, um, I, and it's just part of my gifting. I just dream and cast vision. So what I think you should do if you're the spouse that dreams is constantly ask the spouse that doesn't express their dream as much what their dream is and share victories and celebrate it and make that your priority because I don't have to think about dreams. They come to me. I don't have to think about sharing them. I want to share them. I'm a vision caster. So I, as, as a non-natural dreamer that is more of a realist, I've got to make her dream the priority of my life. Otherwise, my dream will be our dream, and that will be the only dream. Does that make sense? Now I'm going to answer this question, and I'm going to help somebody. We're going to answer this question. What should I do with my wayward teenager? I could get you on the stage, Lane. She's you, not wayward. Because she, well, she's finna be 13. She might try it. <laughs> I'm just playing. I wouldn't kick her. For long. Her music choices, I said her because I got a her that's 13, but their music choices, do, should they go to church? Make them responsible or the consequences? How do you speak life into your children? This question is a great question. And the reason is because I can't tell you how many, excuse me, I can't tell you how many parents have come to us in the past or as a school teacher, we hear this. I don't know what to do with my kids. They won't listen to me. I don't even know what to do with me. Now listen, listen, listen. Before I say anything, I'm, I just told y'all I'm Mark and I'm crazy. So I was a teenager, right? And I know what it's like. And I'm not saying my kids won't be teenagers. They're going to be. Which means they're going to make mistakes and they're going to do stupid stuff and because they're going to model after their daddy. Hopefully more after Leah in Jesus' name. But but I get that our kids are not going to be perfect. This is not what this question asks. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? What this question asks me is if my if, if Laney's 15 and Hayes is 13 and they don't want to do what I ask, what do you do about it? I laugh. I'm standing. I laugh. What you mean you laugh? I mean I'm paying the freaking bills. Did you hear what I just said? I mean, if you want that cell phone, you'll use, I'm looking at my daughter right now, so if everybody around that thinks I'm looking at them, I'm not. If you want to use your cell phone, you're going to use it like I tell you to use it. 
which means you ain't got no privacy in my house. I want to lock my door, Daddy. I need privacy. Nope. You don't get locks at the Pangle house. And listen, parents that struggle with this, you should have started when they were one. And I don't feel, I feel burdened for you. It's hard for me to feel sorry for you. Why? Because you care more about being friends with them than you do discipline. You get the right to be friends with them when they're adults. I don't care if Lainey likes me. Did you hear what I just said? Now, I love her and I cuddle with her, but let her say something cross to her mama. She's going to get a two-piece and a biscuit. I'm telling y'all, I'm not playing. Now, some of y'all are thinking the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you didn't grow up in my house. I am old school in this. I think I'm a pretty cool dad. I cut up, we play monster, we do crazy stuff. But there's a line. And I don't think, and Lainey, you can talk if you want to. There's not, you don't struggle to know who the boss is, do you? (laughs) But now watch, that doesn't mean that I have to be a tyrant and do that. It just means y'all better listen. Please, how many times have I said to you, why do they not listen to me like they listen to you? And what do I say? Because I mean what I say. Because listen to what I'm telling y'all. If I say, we're going to do whatever it is, and I've given you, listen, as you mature, I've given you responsibilities and the ability to have more room to run in. But you still got boundaries. But if you decide you don't care about my boundary, I decide you don't care about your phone. So for everybody, I'm telling you, I don't have much room in my heart. I have room for love. I have room for compassion. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. I just don't know what to do with my kids. Train them up in the way they should go. And in the end, they will return if you... I don't get it. I'm for real. It's, I struggle with it. I'm not mad at anybody. But here's what I'm telling you. If they're 15 and you hadn't started now, now you got a problem on your hands. Did y'all hear what I just said? But you know what's really cool about kids? Everything that I see in her, I can actually find out the answers about me. Because if Lainey's super insecure, it's probably because I haven't built her up enough. It's probably because her daddy hasn't loved her in the way that she should. If Lainey were to run off and do stupid things with another guy, it's probably because she didn't get the affection that she needed from her daddy, so she decided to find it from another guy. So I can actually find out a lot of answers about me if I just watch them. So if I want to train up them the way they should go, I should look at me and say, what am I lacking? Holy Ghost, change me. And as you do, I'll know how to lead them the right way. But if I don't lead me the right way, why would I think I can lead them the right way? Because the answer to why, to what you should do in a marriage and, and how you should handle them, a lot of times is you shouldn't have dated them in the first place, everybody, if y'all are listening to what I'm saying. And, and for some people, the answer to why aren't my kids doing this is because they never should have had kids in the first place. Why? Because they're not mature enough to handle things in their own lives. And if I won't handle the parameters or the boundaries that God's given me, y'all, there's a beautiful principle of this. I've preached this several times, but I, I can't not go back to it. In Ezekiel, the vision that God gives Ezekiel is that, that where the banks of the river are, the water flows, and on the banks is where fruit and everything happens. But where there's no banks, there's swamps. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. 
that's our lives. We, we think that freedom is I get to do anything that I want, but freedom is actually discipline and then go. Yeah. And so inside of what God tells me I can do, why does the Bible matter? Because it's the law book that I can live my life by, not the rule book that I have to do or don't do. When I realize that it's my freedom channel that I can run in as far and fast as I possibly can and not the rule book that I don't get to do fun things anymore, I realize I can have more freedom than you could ever imagine when I get it. So until they get it, listen to me, they got to understand it by you putting boundaries. And if you refuse to, don't get mad at them, get mad at you because you're the problem. I know it, I'm not getting a lot of amens, but I love y'all, and I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just telling you, this is most of the time the problem is the parent. You know why we have so many problems with our teachers at school? It ain't the teachers. It's that we think we should blame the teachers for not raising our children like we should have when they were five years old. And it ultimately boils down to a me problem. And I get to decide, do I want to submit myself? Am I going to be selfish? Am I going to make myself the God of my universe? Or will I humble myself before him? And I think we got a fun house, y'all. I really do. I mean, we have a lot of fun. You better say yes, or I'm just playing. (laughs) playing. (laughs) That's funny, though. And we deeply love each other. I mean, for real, we have fun. We laugh. We say stuff like nobody's got it better than us, and we mean it. Not because we have the best house, literally the building. Not because we have the best cars. We haven't owned a home since 2018. We've been renting since then. It's been a crazy journey, hasn't it? But home is where we are. That's what we say all the time. And we really love our life. And it's because we really love each other. And we screw it up all the time. And we're very imperfect people, but... I like you. And it's better at year 20 and about to be 20 year anniversary than it was Jesus did take it. And one, two, five, seven, it, and it's getting better. And the decision whether 40 is better than 20 is ours. Because God wants to bless you way more than you ever thought he would. So you get to decide if it's going to be a blessing or not. So I hope this helped. I went way over. But... I hope it helped y'all, and we're going to finish with an amazing song today. But I hope that y'all will just lean into the Lord and let Him change your heart, because ultimately, here's what this is all about. If you want a great marriage, if you want a great home, if you want to be a great parent, it's not a wand, it's a heart decision every day that over time you'll look back and go, wow, we got a lot of stupid things in our life, but we got a really good marriage. And it's not an overnight, it's not a wand, it's not a, it's not a, quick fix. It's a decision that every day you're my priority over me and ultimately he's my priority over you. And when order's right, things seem to go well. So God, we're thankful that we can have a fun day like this and Lord, I just hope that this helps people really. But ultimately, what it boils down to is you, Lord. And so God, we just give you praise. You're worthy of all of our praise all of our glory, all of the honor that we can possibly give. And so, Lord, we just ask you to anoint us so that we can model what this looks like to the world that so desperately needs this. We are who you say we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Will y'all stand and sing with us? 
Jesus.